Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host. I'm Darlene Childress. I am a life and parenting coach. And I am going to talk today about permissive parenting. I have titled this episode, Compassion is Not Permission. So right now what we're seeing with families is this this trend to be more compassionate with their kids, to practice gentle parenting, to practice compassionate parenting, connected parenting. And I, of course, love all of that so much because I really do believe that we can give our kids the tools of emotional health by helping them name their feelings. And that is the core, the core of any of these words, gentle parenting, connected parenting, conscious parenting, compassionate parenting, calm mama parenting, that at the core of those, the non-traditional parenting that we're practicing is looking at our children's behavior from the lens of their feelings are driving their behavior, not their, you know, because they're bad kids or because they have been badly parented and they need more discipline or whatever, that it's really from that perspective, right? And I love that. But what we're also seeing in in parent education is that, and teachers are seeing this in preschools and things like that, that parents are being really loving and really kind and not following through with any sort of consequences or setting boundaries. And compassionate parenting is slipping into permissive parenting. So I want to explain why that's happening and then give you some tools to figure out if, you know, are you doing that? Help you understand if you are, why you're doing that, and then giving you some practical strategies to help you get out of that, um, that pattern of permission, of permissive parenting. Next week's episode is all about consequences and kind of how, how they're okay, like that they're not mean, but I'm going to get into a little bit today and then kind of follow through on that con- that concept that consequences aren't mean next week. So let's first talk about what is compassion. Now, compassion is derived from these Latin roots of com and pati. So com is with and pati is suffering. So Compassion really is this idea that I suffer with you, right? You're joining the person's suffering. Now, you're not actually currently suffering, right? That is a little bit different. You're not a- actually feeling the feeling that they are feeling in the moment that they're feeling it. You are able to recognize their feeling, and see that their feeling is valid. That's really what compassion is. It's this ability to recognize emotion in others and kind of validate and acknowledge that their emotion is, is, it makes sense. It's okay. Their feelings are okay. And when we are practicing compassion, we are only able to do compassion, you know, to feel that way towards someone when we are feeling pretty safe for ourselves, like when we're 
calm and regulated in our own well-being because compassion means I step out of my own emotional experience. I step out of my own circumstance and I join the other person and try to figure out what's going on for them. And if I'm not, you know, if I'm trying to work on myself in the moment and, you know, calm myself down, I'm not able to be compassionate towards someone else. I'm actually in that moment practicing self-compassion. So self-compassion is knowing what I'm feeling, knowing how to talk about that feeling and knowing what to do with that feeling. That's the process of self-compassion. So tapping into my own thoughts and feelings and going like, well, what's going on for me? So when I think about the calm mama process, calm, the first part is really self-compassion and connect is compassion for others. So calm is I calm myself, connect is I uh, help my child with their feelings. I I regulate my emotions and my stress and then I step in and I help co-regulate my child with their emotions and their stress. That is the the core of gentle parenting, of compassionate parenting. I was trained um, in 2012, what, 10, 11 years ago, I was trained in nonviolent parenting. So this is all from the same core value of seeing your child's behavior through the lens that their behavior is driven by their emotion, that they have feelings and they're acting those feelings out. So compassionate parenting, right? The calm mama process is really the process of compassionate parenting. The thing that's unique about this this philosophy, this model that I've developed is that I have included how to hold boundaries within a compassionate lens because that is why we get stuck in parenting in turn into permission, into into permissive parenting is because parents are often confused. They don't know how to set limits while still validating feelings. So I'm going to get into like what that is actually about. But thinking about this lens of parenting that, that we all are aspiring to, which is an incredible approach, is a feelings first model. Sometimes I really try to articulate it like that by saying we are approaching behavior and approaching the child's experience from a feelings first model. How are they feeling? What feeling is driving this behavior? So really the the mindset is so different in this paradigm, right? We're viewing behavior as an expression of emotion versus in the traditional parenting model, viewing behavior as an expression of like character or morality or values. And and in that position, we aren't being compassionate. We're judging their behavior as moral or immoral. So with a feelings first model, what I think happens to parents is that we approach the child from that emotional lens and we know that, the, okay, I'll give you an example. You have a kid who hits 
their sibling or calls their sibling a stupid head or turns to their teacher and is like, you know, preschool or whatever. Or, you know, you have a little kid and they're overwhelmed in the moment at school and they push their little friend, right? And all of a sudden, you know, they're in big trouble because they hurt somebody's body and everybody is upset and they're thinking this kid is a bad kid and they're naughty and uh-oh, 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 right? From a compassionate lens, a feelings first lens, we're actually going to pause and we're going to, before we address the behavior, before we address the pushing, the shoving, the hitting, the spitting, the kicking, the punching, the name calling, any of the behavior, we're going to not try to shut down that behavior and shame that child and tell them, what do you think you did? How do you think the other kid feels? We're not going to approach how their behavior had an impact yet. That's a behavior first model. In a feelings first model, we're saying, huh, were you feeling a little overwhelmed when your friend was real close to you and then you pushed them? Right? We're narrating what happened. We're narrating the circumstance. And then we're offering an emotional guess to help our the child, our child, understand what they were feeling and how their feelings led to their behavior. You validate that feeling before you address the behavior. We're going to recognize the emotion. We're going to validate it and then offer a different way. So saying, oh yeah, if it's, it makes sense that you're overwhelmed and that you know your body says, get me, get me safe, push away, push away my friend. And then instead of, you could say to your child, but instead of pushing, which hurts Johnny's body, you could walk away, you could go play something else, you could talk to the teacher. So then you're giving them a strategy to you know, do something different with the feeling. And then in a restitution model, a consequence model that I'm going to talk about next week, but what we would do is then say, after we validated the feelings and we've addressed, we've seen the behavior, we talk about the behavior, then we talk about the behavior and its impact on the other person. Then we say, oh, you know what? When Johnny, when you hurt Johnny's body, you know, when you push Johnny, Johnny felt sad. You know, Johnny fell down. So how do you want to help Johnny feel better? And you put the power back into the child to make things right. So shame is something's wrong with me. Guilt is I've done something wrong. So we don't, we don't need our kids to not feel like we're not going to create the feeling of feeling bad, but we do want to show them that their, their behavior does have an impact on other people. And we want to help them make that impact right, like to fix it. So the, the thing that I see a lot is that we do the feelings part and, you know, we're feeling really good about gentle parenting and all of that, but we pause and we stop. We validate the feeling and then we all kind of feel like, ah, I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? Because you're not sure what you're supposed to do. I remember learning this. I remember learning about compassionate parenting and learning about nonviolent parenting and approaching the feelings first and being like, 
Yeah. Okay. This is a really cool model. As soon as I started practicing narrating Lincoln's emotions, his big feeling cycles like decreased in intensity right away. They decreased in frequency. Like they weren't as, they didn't come as often. And then when he was having them, um, they were less intense and shorter. Like just narrating emotion and validating emotion is a, is a game changer in families. 100%. Compassion is incredible. I want you to do this. I want you to validate emotion. I want you to narrate it. I want you to name it for your kids. And I promise that it has an, an incredible effect on behavior. No doubt. And there is room to hold our kids accountable for their behavior. And what happens a lot of times is we're seeing, especially in preschools and in young elementary schools, um, that there's a trend that the kids don't feel personally responsible for their own behavior. And so there is a lot of... of um, of problems in schools in concerning behavior. And then there's a lot of problems in families concerning behavior. They feel like, you know, you're like, I'm doing the compassionate thing. I'm doing the gentle parenting thing. And my kid is still out of control. Right. I remember learning about this, watching Lincoln's temper tantrums decrease incredibly. And then I was like, but like, what about if they throw their popcorn on the ground? Like, what do I do if you know, Lincoln's being rambunctious and he throws popcorn all over the ground. What am I supposed to say? Oh, you were feeling really happy and joyful and you were feeling playful and you threw all the popcorn. Oh, yeah, you have big feelings. Oh, right. <laughs> like, uh, but then there's still popcorn on the ground. So do I pick that up? Does he pick that up? Like, where does the, you know, where do the consequences fit in? Where, how do I hold my, my kids accountable? I remember going to a training early on when I was, you know, learning about parenting. And I, I said, you know, this is really frustrating to me. I don't know what to do when my kids, you know, make mistakes. And the woman said, this is not a consequence-free model. It's just not consequence first. And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, I get it, right? Um, and I, I I needed to learn a lot more about how to do it in a way that wasn't punitive, which is what I teach you on this podcast. But what, what some of the obstacles that, that happen for parents, why we're not holding our kids accountable, why we're not, you know, uh, giving limits and boundaries and following up with consequences. Partly it's because of like, we're not sure how to do it. Like there's just a big gap on how to set limits while still validating feelings. When I teach the hard no, it's like that's an episode that I talk about when your child is aggressive. And we'll put the link in the show notes. But when you think about a kid hitting another kid, it's like we want to validate the emotion and stop the behavior because it's not safe right? So it's like, everyone stays safe in this house. It's okay to be mad. It's not okay to hit. Moms have this feeling that if they say no, it's not okay that they're being mean or that their child is going to like hit them or, 
you know, that really it's a lot about, I don't think that's part that, you know, that I'm not supposed to say that, right? It feels like there are rules for parenting and that you're, you're breaking the compassionate or gentle parenting rules. If you tell your child, no, you are not allowed to do that. That hurts their body. So when we think that saying no makes us mean or, or some, we have a concept around that, then we're going to not be able to set boundaries. Setting boundaries and, and limits, I call it limit setting in parenting, is the way that we teach our children that their behavior has an impact. We want our kids to be, on one hand, emotionally healthy, right? Which means they know how to regulate and manage their own emotions in ways that work for others. And we want them to be personally responsible and understand that their behavior has an impact. When I think about emotional well-being and raising an adult, right? Raising a kid all the way to adult adulthood, it's really a, the emotional health piece is a lot about having our children understand what they're feeling and then cope with that feeling or manage that feeling in a healthy way, a way that doesn't hurt them or others. But when they're young, they have coping strategies that don't work for others. They have coping strategies that do hurt them or others, right? If I'm really mad and I'm two years old and I want to run away from my mom, I might run into the street and that's dangerous. That's not okay. So I need to hold my kids accountable and hold limits and say, you are welcome to not hold my hand. Like maybe if they're like three, I used to say this to my boys all the time. You can, you don't have to hold my hand as long as you stay next to my body. And then the minute they start to drift away or something like that, I go, oh, looks like we need to hold hands. And then they, I don't want to hold your hand. You know, and I say, oh, I can either hold your hand or hold your shirt. So then I would have put my hand on their collar, which I'm not doing that to punish them. I'm not doing that to hurt them. I'm not telling them you're such a bad boy. Now I have to hold your shirt. No, I, my job is to keep them safe. I'm holding a boundary. And if they can't keep it, I'm going to add a new boundary. I'm going to hold a new limit. So we're, we are teaching our kids that they're how to cope with their negative emotion and with their unmet emotional needs in ways that work. Now, how do they do that? They have to make mistakes. They have to see the impact of their behavior. We have to guide them to restore or fix whatever problems their behavior caused. And over time, we have the compassion on one side and the consequence on the other, and, and the limit is in the middle, and we help our children understand that their behavior matters, that how they behave affects others, that they can have their feelings. Their feelings are totally okay. La two weeks ago, I had that fix it, change it, stop it, solve it episode where parents try to shut down the negative emotion, right? In order to protect ourselves or to, you know, all the different reasons. And we have these strategies that we use to try to like shut down the feeling. And I want you to be validating the feeling, allowing your child to express it within a limit. I, I sometimes use this very extreme example. And I'm nervous to say it on the podcast, but whatever. 
Imagine I am very, very, very angry with someone. I could take a knife and go stab them, right? I could cope with my anger by doing that. But doing that has an impact on that person. It has an impact on me. It has an impact on that person. The impact on me is that I have guilt, right? That maybe I can't deal with. I have uh, to go to jail. I have to make amends to that person and it hurts the other person because now their body is hurt and then they have trauma. So I don't want to use that coping strategy. That coping strategy is not great. Road rage, not great, right? Um, Bullying, not great. Uh, Hitting, name calling, online, you know, bullying, things like that. These behaviors are coping strategies for the other person who's uncomfortable, who doesn't know what to do with their feelings. They need help. And they also need to see that their behavior has an impact. So it's both. It's validation without saying, you know, without ignoring the behavior. It's not feelings only. It's feelings first, behavior second. Now, what else happens for parents? Why we see a lot of permissive parenting is, you know, we don't want to say no. It feels mean. Uh, We don't know how to do this, how to set limits while validating the feelings. The other, and and believing consequences are wrong. There's some philosophies there that say you can't um, give kids consequences. And I don't teach that, to be perfectly frank. I do teach consequence model. Um, So, you know, if that's not your jam, I get it. It's okay. You don't, you know, you don't have to listen to me or it'll only take the parts you like, but I do teach a consequence model because I believe that holding people accountable for their actions is important and we don't need to do it by being mean. So I'm going to talk about that more next week. But the other things that happen is like, okay, say you tell your child no and they're in public and they start having a big feeling cycle, like a big temper tantrum. And you can't handle their big feelings, you might give in because it's uncomfortable for you. And so that's where we see permissive parenting is really like because you're people pleasing and like social, your need for social uh, approval is so high that you can't really let your kid just absolutely lose their shit in the grocery store aisle. Like honestly, every mom has had their kid lose their shit when their kid is told no. Every mom. And the moms who act as if they've never seen a crying child, they're full of shit too. (laughs) I just, you guys, your kids are going to cry. They're going to have fits. You're going to have to drag a three-year-old like, you know, into the house sometimes. These things happen. It doesn't mean you're mean. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. They have big feelings. What you want to be sure is while you're dragging the kid inside that you're doing it gently, that you're narrating their feelings that you were explaining, mommy doesn't want to grab your body, honey, but this is unsafe and I have to pick you up. I used to say to, to the boys, like, you know, do you want me to drag you by your hands or your feet? <laughs> do you want me to pick you up or do you want me to drag you? I would try to make it playful. I try to give them power, give them choice. But the bottom line was I'm moving your body. You get to decide how it gets moved. Most of the time, if I'm validating the emotion and I'm giving them some power, They'll go, forget it, you know, and they walk their little, their little bodies with their little tushies and they move, you know, to a different space. The validation has so much power 
and and narrating what you're doing and how their experience. It, when you do that, you oftentimes don't even need a consequence. But what I see is that parents will start to give in. They'll rescue or they'll shame or they'll blame. They'll say, you're such a bad boy. You didn't listen to mommy and that's why I'm dragging you into the house and you don't get to play outside because you're not being nice and you're being mean and that's not okay. That's shame. That is not a neutral consequence, a firm limit in an empathetic, kind, compassionate way. If you're doing that, if you're showing up that way, A, you might not have skills, totally fine, learn them on this podcast, sign up for my courses, or you might not feel comfortable with your kid's discomfort, either because you feel really bad, you feel really sad, it's very overwhelming for you when they are hurt or sad or frustrated and you just want to give in, or it could be that you have so much overwhelm in your life that you don't have, you can't handle their big feeling cycle. You're just like, I don't, I can't even deal with this. Just have another cookie. Just fine. Play outside. Fine, fine, fine. You know, and that overwhelm is partly because of the standards that you have for yourself in, in other areas of your life. You know, how clean is your house? Are you guys always on time? Do your kids look really good? Da, 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 da. Like if you have a lot of pressure on yourself, it's going to be very difficult for you to have the room to emotionally regulate yourself so that you can show up in this feelings first model. So in, sometimes we see reactive parenting, but a lot of times I see under parenting where it's a lot of given and who cares and it's fine and okay, don't go to school today or, you know, that kind of stuff, permissive parenting. So to wrap up, what I want your takeaway to be from this episode is for you to put together, this is feelings first, behavior second. If you can just kind of catch that phrase I'm hoping it helps you recognize I'm going to validate the feeling and then I'm going to correct or dis, you know redirect the, be, the behavior. When your child is behaving in a way that doesn't work, they need a limit. Limits are not mean. Consequences are not mean. What is mean is shame. What is mean is blame. Well, you're crying because you didn't go into the car fast enough and that's why I had to grab your body and right. So shame and blame are mean and also rescuing is mean. (laughs) It is a short term solution. It's okay to do it sometimes, but giving into your kids and solving all of their problems ultimately hurts them in the long run. It deprives them of opportunities to deal with their feelings. It deprives them from opportunities to recognize that their behavior has impact on others. It deprives them of the opportunity to make things right when they do make a mistake, which is a big part of self-concept of believing that, you know, I can, uh, I can, I can make mistakes and I can fix those mistakes. I would rather your kids think, I can make a mistake and then I can fix it, then I should never make a mistake, right? That's not a very empowering thought. 
So thinking of limits and boundaries and consequences as, as necessary in, in parenting will help you hopefully become less permissive if you are being permissive, if you're giving in a lot. So the antidote to permissive parenting is validating the feelings, not the behavior. So we're going to validate the emotions. We're going to set limits. We're going to follow through on them. We're going to be okay with our kids' discomfort when they're upset. We're going to be okay with that. We're going to take really good care of ourselves so that we have more compassion um, capacity. We have more capacity for compassion. We're going to worry less about what people think of us so we can let our kids have big feeling cycles in public and just kind of be like, well, yep. I said, no, they got mad. (laughs) That's okay. They're entitled to their feelings. As long as their feelings, you know, as long as their behavior doesn't cause a problem, it's fine. Some kids might have a meltdown for 40 minutes. It's okay. As long as their behavior is not causing a problem. And like if they're safe. So these are tools and skills that I teach in the Emotionally Healthy Kids class. Honestly, this is what you learn in the class. I teach you how to manage your feelings so that you don't lose your shit and feel terrible and that you have more capacity, how to like make your life work a little bit easier for you, what to do when you're upset, right? Give you some tools for calm. I actually teach you how to emotionally coach your kids how to actually be compassionate because it's a good concept. It's super valuable and I try to teach it to you in the podcast, but it's different when you're in the class and you were talking to each other. So the way I do my classes is they're taught live by me on Zoom in a small group. So you can raise your hand, you can ask questions and I give you just the right amount of information for you to apply it and then come back the following week and ask more questions. So I teach you how to calm yourself, how to emotionally coach your kids so that they learn to manage their feelings. I teach you how to establish limits, how to do the limit setting formula. And then I teach you that kind and effective way to follow through on consequences that isn't bribing, threatening, or punishing. You can learn all of that on the podcast for sure. Um, But what is different is that in the in the course, you're in a small group at the most 10 people and it's just me teaching you and you can like raise your hand. You can talk to me. You can tell me about your kids and you can say, okay, this is my problem. And there's time for that. So the, the emotionally healthy kids class is really designed for kids ages three to 10. And I'm going to start a middle school class uh, in a couple of weeks. So once your kid gets to that 10, 10 year old, you know, transition, 10, 11, 12, that will be the middle school class. And then if you have the teenager, of course, then I have the teen class. So I'm, I'm trying to create these smaller groups so that you get what you need. You get the skills and the tools in the real, in real time. And then you have a chance to engage and ask me questions, right? So you can also get email support throughout that time. So the course starts, the next one starts June 29th. It's going to be on Thursdays at 9 a.m. It runs around nine, an hour and 15 is what I, um, I put it out. So 9 to 10, 15 Pacific. So that's 12 Eastern. And there's no class on July 27th. So we're going to run for six weeks, but it's really seven. So it's June 29th through August 10th. 
The course costs $500. There is a two, two time payment plan if you need it. And then from after the six week course, you get to be in the Call Mama Club for six months at no additional cost. And that means that you have access to one-on-one private coaching with me for free once a week. I have open office hours. They're private sessions. They're 15 minute slots. You book those in. And then I also have monthly workshops and parenting support groups and as well as the full online course. There's so many, so many valuable things in that in the parenting vault. There's a sibling class. There's a screen time class. There's just tons and tons of um, other resources that you get access to for that full six months after the class is over. So I encourage you to sign up if you're thinking about it. Now's a good time. I will, I'll offer the kids class again in October. So it's going to be a little bit of time because I'm going to do the middle school and the teen class. So this parenting course the Emotionally Healthy Kids course gives you the foundation for long-term emotional well-being for you and your kids. And it helps strengthen your relationship with them so that you stay close and connected to them into adulthood. So they get they know how to manage their feelings. They know how to take personal responsibility and you feel good teaching it. Uh, so that's the class. Um, Highly encourage you to sign up. You can go to my website at calmamacoaching.com. This episode comes out on the 22nd. So you have a week to sign up um, because we start on the 29th. So please, please, please join if you are at all curious or interested. And then also on the on the website, calmamacoaching.com, you can book a private session with me to talk about it to see if it's the right fit for you. So that's also available. All right, moms. I really hope you feel good about following up, setting limits, setting boundaries, being okay with consequences. And next week, I'm going to teach you why consequences are okay. (laughs) So I think you'll love that episode as well. I hope you have a great week and that your summer is going fine and going lovely. And I will see you hopefully in the class. If not, I'll see you back here next week. Have a great week.